that I do not desire to carry into 2020. There are things that I do desire to carry into 2020. I haven't made a lot of uh, New Year's resolutions because I've learned in how many years that I made them, rarely did I follow up on them because they were so atrocious and so out of the box it was almost impossible to accomplish so I gave up early. Can anybody relate? But there are a couple of New Year's resolutions I have that I, I am working on. I've gone into, if you go to Matthew 6, uh, I made a, uh, a challenge to Al. In January 1st, we're starting a diet, and the first one to lose 15 pounds, the other one has to take him to the restaurant of his choice. And that's great motivation, I'm, and I'm going after that. Cheryl's not here today, but Cheryl has told me that she's going to loan me her saxophone, and it's my goal before the year is over. Alex, welcome home. Oh, you've been, been home for a while. You head back when? A week or so? We're glad that you're here. If anybody tries to beat me up, you got my back, right? Okay. Uh, the, uh, there are things that I'm going to carry in 2020 that I'm going to deal with, and that's my belly. Actually, when you're a preacher, it pays to have a belly because you can bump up against the pulpit and not get hurt. So there's a little padding, there's a little padding there. But there are, there are some things that, that I don't want to take in 2020. There's some things that I want to acquire in 2020. Austin's going to help me with the theme. Uh, my thought today that I want to share with you is happy without reason. Happy without reason. And here's a little tune that I thought would bless you this morning as we prepare to step into Matthew 6. Are we ready? Uh, don't worry, be happy. He wants to sing it? Pastor Ron can lead us. Everybody sing. I know the do, do, do's parts. song I wrote you might want to sing it note for note don't worry be happy in every life we have some trouble but when you worry you make it double don't worry be happy don't worry be happy now come on dudes here we go Our whistlers. Don't worry, be happy. Don't worry. Be happy. Be happy. Thank you. There's a song that says, Happiness is a choice, and I choose to be happy. We know that worry is like a rocking chair. It gives us something to do, but it doesn't get us anywhere. It doesn't accomplish anything. Notice, if you will, Matthew 6, verse 24. Jesus speaking. Therefore I say unto you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink. 
nor about your body, what you will put on. Is life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? That's a yes answer. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubic to a statue? That's a no answer. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon, in all of his glory, was not arranged like one of these. There's something about a yellow calla lily. It's the most gorgeous to me. That's my favorite flower. The most, because I can grow them. I can't grow orchids, or that would be my favorite flower. But it's just something about a calla lily that when you look at it, 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 is, it is perfect. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow's thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things that you worry about shall be added unto you. Therefore, not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things, sufficient for the day in its own trouble. There's enough stuff going on today in our life for us to worry about tomorrow. The word says, wait till tomorrow, deal with to tomorrow, tomorrow. But pursue today with all the things that God has promised and all the things that God has provided. Jesus left us nine Beatitudes. They all start out with bless, peacemaker, they that weep, they that are under attack. But that word bless in the Greek means happy. Happy are the peacemakers, happy are they that go through frustrations, and happy are they that go through challenges. I wrote here on the side of my teaching this morning this question, what makes you happy? Does your husband or your wife make you happy? Does having a car make you happy? Does having a home make you happy? Does having money in your pocket make you happy? Do the Marx Brothers or Abbott and Costello or Laurel and Hardy, do they make you happy? Having plenty to eat, having clothes, uh, having toys, is that what brings you happiness? And this morning, I want to talk about happiness without reason. If one of those things was taken from you, would you lose your happiness? Would you lose your, if you lost your car, you lost your house, or you lost your wife, or you lost your food or you want you lost your toys would that make you unhappy what makes you happy this morning and i will this morning uh share some things that god has shared with me yesterday um i got i read or got involved in some bad news and it was from the past and it tried to steal my joy and it tried to steal my purpose and uh had i been carnal I would have slept in today and let Pastor Rhonda minister, and then I would have, got, I would have went to Wendy's and got their chili, and I would have went home and turned the fireplace, my fake fireplace, and I'd watch Shirley Temple m- movies all day. That was, my, that was my thought last night, and if you've never watched Shirley Temple movies, I feel so sorry for you. Much more encouraging than Hallmark, and I think that you will be blessed. 
But when I think about when I think about happiness, and I think about where Thomas Jefferson in 1776 writing the Declaration of Independence, it declares it promises three things. How many remember those three things? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The pursuit of happiness. The word pursuit in that generation does not mean the same in this generation. In that generation, the word pursuit meant practice. The, as a doctor has a practice, as a dentist has a practice, that you are to practice happiness, that you are to pursue happiness. And ironically, I don't know how many keys that you have on your ring, but I have only three. I have a house key, I have a church key, and I have a car key. And as I begin to reflect on those three things, I begin to wrap everything in my life, the, the sum total of my life, is surrounded around those three things. Obviously, my home, I love my home. Uh, I love the way that Pastor Ron has decorated it. It's warm. Uh, we don't have any more walls to put any more paintings on, so please don't give me a painting for Christmas. And we don't have any more shelves to put trinkets on. We've got trinkets on top of trinkets, on top of trinkets. And I, and I, I love my house. I have no intention, uh, if something were to happen and I were to receive a large amount of money, I may, I may move, but I don't have any intentions on moving. We paid for our house 10 years ago, and uh, as we purpose to walk debt-free, and I love my home. I love, I love my backyard. I love, I love everything about my house. There's nothing really about my house that I would change. I might add a Florida room for Pastor Rhonda. That might be in the, in the future, and I might possibly add a very small pool because it doesn't take much water to get wet and lay by the pool. We don't have a, that big of a backyard, so I may, we may, that's something that we've talked about. That's something we focused on. The, 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 the Florida room is something that she would like to have, and we might add that. But I am happy with the home that God gave me. I paid about 60000 for it uh, 20 some odd year, uh, 30 some odd years ago, and now it's worth almost 200000 So it was a good investment. That was a, that was a, good, that was a good decision that we, that we made, and I, I love my house. I'm happy with my house. And then I think about my church. I love my church. I love being a part of this church. I love the things that this church does. Uh, as I spent several hours this week in the um, intensive care uh, with, with uh, some of our members, uh, just reminded as I went into the uh, intensive care waiting room, uh, there was a basket of fruit, and there was a basket of snacks, and there was a basket of chips. And uh, I don't know how many of you remember but several years ago, we came up with the vision of providing fresh fruit to the three hospitals here in the city. There was nothing in the wedding rooms. There wasn't even a coffee pot. But we arranged and we paid a contractor to go to two hospitals. And every few days, they provided fresh fruit. I don't know uh, if you're aware of that or you knew that we did that. But we did. We're the ones that started that. And now if you go to any one of the emergency rooms, there's all kinds of food. There's all kinds of snacks. And I got to thinking, that's something the Church of the Harvest birthed here in this city. And then I think about the ministry, Eaglets Anonymous, that for over 20 years, we walked over 100 young men through drug addiction and saw them clean and saw them free. You may not know that. And every Tuesday for the past several years, Pastor Ron has gone to Hope House and has ministered there and has shared. Uh, this church has supported 
we have hosted some of the greatest ministries in the world, literally in the world. And I think about Perry, I think about Judy, I think about Marcus, I think about Billy Burke, I think about the archers, I think about, and the list goes on and on and on. Dozens of ministries that have touched the world we've been able to host here in this platform. And then this church has allowed us to travel the world, the 20-some-odd countries that we've ministered and gone and shared. And this church has allowed us from time to time. I'll be next Sunday. I'll be in Jessup, Georgia, on my spiritual son's church. I'll be ministering there. And I think about all the ministry, all the Queens for a Day, all the dinner theaters, all the revivals. We have had some good times. And this has been a good house. And I'm, I'm proud to be a, a part of this house. I'm not ashamed of this house. And I'm not ashamed to tell anybody that I'm a part of this house. And I think about my car. My car was a gift uh, from Keith Red, and I, I love my car. It has great AC. It has a great uh, stereo, and that's really all I'm concerned about. It shifts gears, and, and uh, I, I love my car. I'm glad that Pastor Rhonda ha has a nice car. I'm glad that the Suburban is out there somewhere. I think it's come home, so uh, I'm thankful that God keeps his hand upon my vehicles uh, as Christine and Bailey were headed to Atlanta um, a couple of nights ago. The car caught on fire. The Lexus, the Lexus caught on fire. It actually threw a rod, and the oil imploded, and it caught on fire, and flames were coming up, and they got out safely, and the gas tank didn't catch on fire and didn't blow up, and it could have been a very bad Christmas for the Davis family and a bad Christmas for the friends of the Davis family. But I'm proud God kept his hand upon my, my kids. He kept his hand upon my car, and I think about those things, those three things, and and then I think about my car, it gets me to where I'm going, and it, it's part of my destiny, it's part of my purpose. And so I look at those three things, I look at the three things that are most important to me, my family, my church, and my, and my destiny. And I think about those three keys, and I want to leave three keys with you today on how to be happy, how to pursue happiness, how to walk in happiness. And the first thing that I have here in being happy and continuing to be happy is to be thankful for what you have. It can always get worse. And one of my favorite cliches, I once complained that I had no shoes until I met a man that had no feet. As many of you know, one of the reasons for this first point, as many of you know, several times a year I go to a maximum security prison and I minister. I have a friend of 35 years that's been incarcerated for over 18 years, he spent, he, spending, he spent his 18th Christmas in prison. And every day, every other day, every three days at least, he calls me. And there's a 15-minute window that I have to speak into his life and to encourage him. And he's gone through some great physical challenges. And he told me yesterday that he has not had a good night's sleep in 18 years. That every night there's a riot, there's a fight. The guards come in, something's taking place, his, his roommate is out of order, and he, in the past 18 years, he's not had a solid meal. The prison food is so sloppy and, and so inconsistent, and he told me that he has to have permission to take a shower, and he has to have permission to use the bathroom, and he has to have permission to go out into the court, and he has to have permission to watch TV. He can't go to Starbucks and get a latte. He can't go to McDonald's and get a Big Mac. He can't go to Walmart. He can't go to, Walmart. He can't go to Cook's. He's told where he can go and what he can do. And when I think about God's grace and God's mercy, when I was younger, I did some stupid things in life that probably warranted arrest and probably warranted 
prison time. I, I didn't rape or murder anybody, but I was involved in drugs, and that generation was very unkind to marijuana, very unkind to, to, that, to that what I was involved in. And I reflect back and think, but for the grace of God, I could have spent time in prison. For the grace of God, I could have been incarcerated. Many of you here this morning can relate. There's some stupid things we did when we were younger that may have caused us to lose all of our rights and lose our dignity and lose our deity and lose everything. He's not had a chapel service in a month. The volunteers have been very inconsistent and have not followed up on their commitments. And so uh, he leads worship. He's written two or three books, and he's tried to make the best of this time. But he told me yesterday, he said, I, I don't know if I can go on. I don't know if I can survive another day. And things are happening for a, a, a pardon. Things are in the works right now. There might be some kind of release. But as far as he knows, he's going to spend 29 more years incarcerated. He's 66 years old. He won't survive the prison term. He will die in prison unless there is a miracle. And we pray daily for that miracle. But I think about all the blessings and all the things that we have to be thankful for. And I'm thankful, thankful this morning that we are not in prison. The second thing that I'm thankful for is I spent several hours in intensive care and saw the needles and saw the equipment and saw the intensity and saw everything going on. I, I, uh, I thank God this morning that I'm not in a hospital. Amen. I'm thankful that I'm healthy. I'm thankful that I'm, I'm whole. I'm thankful that God has blessed me with good health, and God has blessed me with a good body, and, and I'm impressed with all the things that God has blessed me with, and I think about that. And then um, this week, as a uh, child that used to attend this church 25 years ago, either accidentally or on purpose, overdosed and was on a machine for three days. And I went into the room there three different times, and I laid hands on his body and all the tubes and all the equipment and uh, counseled the mom, counseled the dad, counseled the aunt, and trying to bring encouragement to them and bring blessing to them. And uh, Thursday, uh, he, his body failed, and it shut down, and he died. And uh, I'll, be a part of that, I'll be a part of that funeral, I got to thinking, had it not been for the grace of God, Courtney, when she was 10 weeks old, could have died of heart failure. Christine, last Friday night, could have died of a car wreck. And I'm so grateful that God has spared my children. And I'm so grateful that my kids aren't in a hospital. My kids aren't in a coffin. Aren't, aren't you glad this morning for some of the things that God has provided and has blessed us with? So be thankful for what you have and be thankful for what God is doing and be thankful that God has protected you, that you're not sick, you're not dying, you're not in a coffin, you're not in jail, you're not in prison, you're not in a hospital, but you're here this morning of your own free will, able to make your own decisions and determine your destiny. Do I have an amen in this house? The second key that I want to leave you with, the first key is to be thankful. Ephesians 4, 24, be thankful in everything. This is the will of God considering you. It's his will for you to operate in gratitude and to be thankful. The second key that I want to offer you this morning is to bring someone else happiness, is to go out of your way to try to make somebody else happy because God always rewards it. I was going to embarrass Courtney this morning, have her come up and tell the story, how she obeyed. She felt impressed to give a homeless person some money. It wasn't a lot of money, but it was a lot at that time. And and to the homeless person, it was a big deal. And she made that happen because she felt like there was a nudge. And we talked about nudge about six weeks ago, how God nudges us to do things. And, 
And as she, as she blessed that homeless with, with the money, when she got home, uh, come to find out uh, Skyler's Social Security had just increased uh, several dollars a month. And when, when you added it all up in proportion, it was almost 100 times more that God blessed her, the seed that she sowed. And I've learned when you make something happen to somebody else, God always blesses you. We had a discussion last night. Pastor Ron and I had a great Christmas. It was a great Christmas Eve, great Christmas Day. And we had left over an incredible chocolate silk pie from Townhouse Bakery. And I don't want to make you hungry. But um, we, had this, we had this pie, and, and uh, we were determining what shall we do with this pie. Well, we're going to the restaurant today, so we can't eat the pie for dessert. So we said, well, let's sew it into Jean and Leela. They need a chocolate silk pie. There's seven of them. They can devour it. Or there's nine of them. They can devour it. And so this morning, while Pastor Rhonda is in the, in the, the, op, the, the, is in the mode of bringing the pie and presenting it to them, before she could get the pie to give to them, someone who does not go to our church, he's under my covering, one of my spiritual sons, someone came by the church and gave Pastor Rhonda a $100 bill for our lunch. You say, well, that's just quince. No, you sow food, you reap food. You sow money, you reap money. You sow kindness, you reap kindness. And when you go out of your way to make someone else happy and someone else blessed, if you sow happiness, you're going to reap happiness. Do I have a friend in the house this morning? The, th the third thing that I want to uh, remind you of is to pursue the things of God. Pursue the things of God. Uh, there are so many things that I am proud of in life, and there's so many accomplishments that I appreciate, and there's so many blessings that I have that I am ever overwhelmed sometimes by all the things that God has blessed me with. But if I were to have a list, and I were to put at the top of the list, second to the top of the list, the second most important, most precious thing in my life are my children. I've watched my children grow in the house of God. I've watched my children grow up with other children whose parents didn't necessarily keep them around the things of God. And I've, I've watched my children mature and grow, and I've watched their destiny. I've watched their purpose. Courtney is a youth pastor and, and loves those kids and is always doing something for the kids. Christine is in the process of traveling the world and ministering, and we thank God for that. But I think about Courtney and Christine's gifts that they've sowed into the kingdom and to the ministry. And I think about Christine right now with Remnant and traveling and traveling with Perry and doing some different ministry opportunities. And that I think about travel, how God has allowed her to travel to several different countries. And I think about this week as her car caught on fire and uh, we did the math and to fix the car is, is more than what the car is worth. And there could be some other challenges. Some wiring could have caught on fire. We're not exactly sure, but we're afraid to put the car back on the road. So we went to, to determine if we could buy her a car on our own merit, on our own credit. And so we went to a special friend, and uh, we looked at three or four cars, and there was a really cool uh, Hyundai Sonoma, and it was pretty, and it had, a, it had AC, and it had, uh, air, it had a radio, and a disc player, and we drove around the block, and we thought it was pretty cool, and so we asked the girl uh, how much for the car, so she called the owner, who I had the privilege of marrying the owner and, and her husband and dedicating her son. We go back a long way, so they took $2,000 off the price of the car and uh, right there on the spot, 
and said that she could have the car for $8,000. So we sat down, began to do the math, began to work on the down payment. So I called, the, I called my friend back to thank him for the $2,000 and to tell him that, uh, that we're going to take the car. And he said, well, Pastor, he said, I'm, I'm glad you could have the car. I'm glad I could help you. He said, I do want you to know that Katrina came to me and said, and said I hope you don't fire me. And I said, well, why should I fire you? She said, because I told your pastor the wrong price on the car. It should have been 8900 but I told him 7900 And the, the owner said, we're going to honor that. We're going to let her have it for 8000 So it books at eleven nine, and she's getting an $8,000 car. She's got her own credit. She's going to develop her own credit through making payments every month. And so I, I just realized when you pursue God and pursue the things of God, God will provide you transportation. God will provide you provision. God will bless you. He'll bless you going in, bless you going out, let you be the head and not the tail. And those are the three keys, I believe, to pursuing happiness, to be thankful for what you have, to make something happen for somebody else. And the third thing is to pursue the things of God. Get, think what God thinks and love what God loves and hate what God hates and get on board. And in the in Psalms 137, there's a powerful story of where the people of God, I want to prepare you, you have a piece of paper, and I want you to allow the Lord to bring to your attention this morning something or things that you don't want to carry into 2020. Something or some things, it might be one or two things, it might be a couple of things, I've got a couple of things that I would like to deal with and not carry and deal with in 2020. And I want to share this story in closing. It's a story of where the people of God uh, disobeyed God and, and went the opposite direction of God's plan and purpose. And they've been captured by the Babylonians. The Babylonians were very cruel, murdered the moms and dads, took the teenagers, changed their name, changed their diet, and placed them into captivity. And that's where the story Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego come from. Those weren't their actual... Hebrew names, but that was the names that the Babylonians gave them. And in Psalms 137, uh, David, David talks about that season, and, it's, and it declares, let me read just a few verses. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps in the midst of the willow trees thereof, for there those who carried us away captive asked us of a song. And those who wasted us, there's a mafia term, and those who wasted us required us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? And here's what the writer is saying. We've lost our joy. We've lost our song. We've taken our music and we've, we've hung it on a tree that refuses. The willow tree is the only tree of nature that refuses to worship God. All of the branches are pointed towards the sun. The willow tree are pointed towards the ground. So they picked this tree to show how depressed they are. They picked this tree to show how disillusioned they are and how sad they are. And while they're in this state, those that have captured them are making fun of them and laughing at them and wanting them to sing one of the Jewish songs, one of the songs of praise, one of the songs of worship. And they said, we have no song. We have lost our song. But look, if you will, the last verse. Happy shall he be that taketh and dasheth thy little ones against the rocks. Happy shall he be that taketh and dasheth thy little ones against the rocks. 
This is a very violent scripture right here. It's a very vivid uh, scripture of, of a revelation. And the revelation is that the people of God have determined that the baby Babylonian, the, the baby Babylonian is a cute little baby, cute and cuddly and, and, and huggable and lovable. But that little baby doesn't stay a baby. It grows up and it becomes a Babylonian warrior that was destroying the peace of God. So the, the writer here has a revelation. If there's a way that we can destroy the babies, they can't grow up and destroy us. And when I think about that, I think of the little things, and you might want to write some of these things down on your list. I think about some of the little things that seem to be so innocent and so precious, and it grows, and it feeds, and it gets bigger, and it gets stronger. And all of a sudden, we get to a place that it's not a snake, it's a serpent. It's not something cute and cuddly. It's something that's trying to devour us. And I think about the addictions in life that we have. I think about the alcohol or the drugs or the pornography. It starts off small. It starts off sweet, innocent. There's, you know, just, it's just, there's nothing wrong, hurtful, or harmful. But all of a sudden, as we grow and as we mature and as we get older, all of a sudden, it's got us. And here's what the writer is saying. I need to take these little things, and before they get control of my life, I need to deal with them. So this morning, if there's things in your life that is frustrating you or irritating you or, or, or damaging you, we're going to nail those things today to the cross. But if there's some things in your life that you're, you're kind of flirting with, or you're kind of, you're kind of just kind of handling a little bit, I want to warn you this morning and search God's Word and see what God's Word has to say about your habits. See what God's Word has to say about your, your, your hobbies. See what God's Word has to say about your, your time. What are you doing with your time? What are you pursuing with your time? What are you, what are you after? Is, is shopping your God? Is television your God? Is alcohol your God? What, what have you made more important than God today? And what you made more important this morning, we're going to nail to this cross. We're going to take things that maybe, maybe it's our, our life goals, our life challenges. Maybe we've been distracted. Maybe we just need to write distraction and nail it to the cross. Maybe we need to write procrastination where we keep putting off. Well, I said I was going to do this. I was going to read the Bible. I was going to stop smoking. I was going to this. I was going to that. Maybe you need to write procrastination. Maybe debt has overwhelmed you. Maybe you're at a place financially where you can't breathe, and you need to write debt on that piece of paper. Maybe you're in a place right now where you're mad at somebody and, and you're harboring feelings towards them and, and you realize it's not helping you, it's hurting you, and the people that you have ought against don't even care. They don't even know. They don't, the hurt that I experienced last night was from something eight years ago. Those people that hurt me, they don't even care. They don't, they don't, even, they don't, they don't, they don't give a flip. And so if I let something that doesn't give a flip hurt me, then it's my bad. Do you, do you hear what Pastor's saying? So I've decided I am not going to let that hurt me. I'm not going to let that distract me. I'm not going to let that discourage me. And I, I got discouraged yesterday. I got depressed yesterday. I got frustrated yesterday. I got, very, I got very overwhelmed yesterday, but I dealt with it. I decided I'm not going to lose a minute's sleep. I'm not going to lose a taco. I'm going to eat. I'm going to go on. And I'm, I'm serious. I'm, I'm not going to let this affect my life because God gave me victory. I, turned, I came out the victor. I came out clean. I, I came out spotless. And, and so I'm not going to let the, the attacks of yesterday, I'm not going to let that hurt me or wound me. I'm going to nail that to the cross today. My past, anything in my past that would try to hurt me or harm me or come up and bite me, you know where, I'm going to nail that to the cross today. So I want you to take a moment. 
I believe the guys have helped us prepare a song here. And Pastor Ron is going to... have never done this, uh, you might be concerned, um, you know, is someone going to read these? I'm going to tell you two things you can do. You can put your name right here, and you can come take it off the cross and throw it away or do something with it. Or sometimes we'll encourage people to even put initials of things. Maybe it doesn't matter to you, but, you know, we just really want this to be between you and the Lord. Nobody, um, Pastor Todd and I usually, I'll do it today, we remove them and we burn them. I have no interest or none of us in reading. I just want to say that. The things I wrote down, I don't know that I want any of y'all to read that. You know what I mean? It's between me and the Lord. So I wanted to encourage you during that, that time. And Pastor, go ahead. So when you're done, you just come up and get a nail and nail it into the cross.
I'd like to record this if we could to add it. If you're listening by tape, we've just taken things that we don't want to go into 2020, want God to help us with. We've written it down a piece of paper, we folded it over, and we nailed it to the cross. Some people say, well, that's not, that's not spiritual. That's not, yes, Colossians 2 and 15 says that Jesus took the handwritings of ordinances that were against us, nailed them to the cross, blotting out our transgressions. So this morning, in conclusion, I remember as a child growing up, one of my favorite songs, and had did not realize that the words go right along with the thought today about happy for no reason, just happy because you're happy uh, pursuing the things of God. This song says, at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, say it with me, and now I am happy all the day. The cross makes us happy. It was a sad occasion, but he died for us. He shed his blood for us that we wouldn't walk in debt or discouragement, depression or fear or depravity of the things God wants us to have. But we could have everything that God destined for us because God cares about us and God loves us just the way we are. He accepts us just the way we are. If we change, it's because we make a mental, physical decision to change. I want you to point your hands this way, and we're just going to agree that God would visit every one of these confessions, every one of these declarations, every one of these handwritings of ordinances, and God would watch over to perform that which we have asked him to do. Lord, you know what's represented here. Everyone in this house has participated and has nailed something to this cross all the way, Lord, from a child to an adult. You, 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 you know what's written here. We ask you to begin to walk in healing and favor and blessing. Visit us. Remind us of the declaration. Remind us of the confession. Remind us of the determination that we have today that we're going to follow up and we're going to let you work in our life. We're going to, we're going to follow your nudges. We're going to follow your, inter, your, your intervention. We're going to let you intercept things that are bad for us and hurtful and turn them away. We're going to allow our thoughts to be focused on you, our words to declare your glory and our life to be lived as an example. Bless this house. Bless this cross in Jesus' name. And y'all said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. Also, I just wanted to.